Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Now then, you're very welcome back. So happy to say, Mr. Brian Kerr and Kenny Cunningham are here in studio. In effect, what happened here is the lads were booked to do Premier League commentaries and then, well, you know what happened. And so we rang them and said, we know you're available. So you have to come in. And here you are. I couldn't Kenny, think of an excuse. Great to see yeah, you. I couldn't think of an excuse when he, when he put it on my toes. Well, well there was nothing on the telly today. There was, <laughs> I watched a bit of rugby early this morning, the Sevens match. Oh, yeah. Um, but there wasn't an awful lot else unless you want to watch eighteen very slow holes of golf, uh, which wasn't really getting going when I left to come here, Joe. Anyway, so there you go. And yeah, the cupboard was bare. Basically, the cupboard was yeah. bare. It was either this or Nothing. yeah, well, hanging I, out or washing with yeah. me ma or something like that in the house. Well, I, I caught a little bit of jam and stuff yesterday and so on, but it was a sad day when there wasn't a, a match from England on the television yeah, at amazing. all at all. It's a strange one. Yeah. Strange one. Uh, 53106 we're here we're live the lads are here for the next hour fire in any texts or questions and we'll get to them obviously very busy week in uh, football to discuss it did strike me uh, because often when Kenny's in we ask him questions about things he doesn't want to talk about and he's like oh jeez why are we talking about this you know Saipan that kind of stuff no I'm not talking about this <laughs> All right. the negativity you know and I thought, okay? I thought I thought we, we had the opportunity to actually tell a nice story which is international manager having to pick a captain and he decides Kenny Cunningham is the man. Oh, is, is that it? Is that what you're leading with this? Yeah. Oh, gee. <laughs> Let's talk about Soy Pan, the head of that. <laughs> Knew you wouldn't want to talk about this. Yeah. Oh, I want to hear God Kenny Cunningham say. captain. I shouldn't be. You should be asking him that question. Me, not in the room. No, I think it's can nice I, to get the memory. Oh, no, that's rubbish. Can, oh, we just can, that is rubbish. can I do a side pan on that oh, one? Let's talk, that one. Let's talk about the lady sevens. Let's talk about the rugby sevens this morning. It was the men's sevens oh, this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Women were beaten yesterday. They had the playoff or whatever. Oh, Seventh and eight. Come on. Let's talk about that top that you're wearing, to be honest with you. That rugby top you've got on there. It looks just, like, is that a lens star? It's just a top. It's a ledger. It's the rugby coming around again, isn't it? It's green. You stop changing the subject for a second. We're going to make you blush for a second. Let's get back. You didn't even ask a question. You didn't even ask a question, did you? It's a while ago. How did we go there? Um... I, how did that happen? <laughs> how the, I'll well, I don't even know what your question is. I can't even remember. Uh, how did he, I think the question asking. was, how did he end up as the captain Correct. of the international team? Will, is you, it? will you be he quiet was, for a he second? He was stuck with me. He was stuck with me. That was it when he <laughs> yeah, walked well, in the door. Well, was he not? There would have been more than if he'd have taken it, that armband well, off me. Was he not the captain before I, I, yeah, I, I was saying, there? Man. I think he may have already been in position. But, you know, the, the, the one. I suppose there was a there was an issue around Roy had been the captain before Saipan. And who was actually the captain when you were playing? In Staunton. In, in, in Staunton was Sam wouldn't have been, yeah. Would have yeah. been Staunton. Stan stepped up, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So but then so were you so captain for the Russia away trip and, and the new Russia, regime? Yeah, Joe. <laughs> Ru- well, we should have the preptors on this Ru- only 20 Ru- odd years ago Ru- Russia and Switzerland now it's not even that far Ru- Russia and Switzerland uh, the two games in the group you probably were the captain so all I was doing yeah we lost continue. both yeah, probably I, was we lost both I, 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 um, yeah so if that was the case there was no there was no issue for me then uh, I didn't have any problem um, I, I did have it. was never a big. I, I did have a discussion. Right. With, I did have a discussion with, with Roy about it. You know, um, when I went to meet, meet oh, Roy, yeah. and I I had 
I have the thing about the captaincy, about, uh, you know, my image uh, of what I liked from the captain um, was, obviously, positionally, I never liked the idea of people having the centre-forward as captain unless he was uh, Maradona, you know, or, or that ilk of player who could control the whole game and win you the game if the other ten weren't very good. I liked always to have someone, you know, I liked the idea of the goalkeeper being the captain either. I always liked it to be someone in the back four or a central midfield player who could affect the game at both ends of the pitch and affect the players around them by leading by example, but also by giving information maybe. So that was, so I didn't see it, but you know, I also had the thing about having to turn up like as well, you know, you'd like to can't be there for all the matches as well, whether he was playing or not playing. Mm. And uh, so I never, Brian, you want me to ask you, I never felt like uh, I thought it was different international football and club football in terms mm. of the role. It a captain never felt it was such a, a, an issue at international level. I've been in, I was in, I played at clubs and in dressing rooms. You got young players, young lads in the in the dressing room where you think it's important that figure is actually important. You know, young lads look towards them and look for a little bit of leadership or whatever else. But in the you know, playing at elite level football, international football. For me, it wasn't a, a huge issue. I never felt that was a real issue around the dressing room. Brian could have easily thrown a dozen names on the table. You know, he could have been equally uh, as happy with any one of those players. Like, could have probably had, could have had just as much an, uh, an influence uh, as I had. So, yeah, for me, like, it was a great honour to cap the country. But very, I was very conscious of the fact that any number of people in that dressing room could have stepped up. You know, well, he, 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 you well. see, he'd be, he be too, you know, um, he, 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 he wouldn't be inclined to blow his trumpet. But, but, but for me, it was, it was easy. Well, I used to travel with the team uh, as the technical director um, fairly, for a, while, a good while, until probably not too long before I, I became a senior manager, I was technical director. So in that position, I, I was kind of, allowed or asked they want to travel with the team to watch matches away from home. So when you're part of that you get a chance to observe people and observe people's behaviour in the general scene. I wasn't in the dressing room or anything like that but I was around close enough too. And I would have I would have seen seen the lads, they'd have seen me. A lot of them wouldn't have known me too well except the ones that played in the underage teams. Kenny wouldn't have known me. Uh, I wouldn't have known, known him too well either, but I knew of his career and knew he'd play with Hulk Rovers as a schoolboy and all that. And I would have just observed and I didn't see any way. I knew he was, he, you know, it'll embarrass him now. I knew he was highly respected by the other players uh, on the pitch, organisationally and off the pitch. And I knew I could rely on him mm. as a fella who would, who would have good standards about. And if I chose to say, look, the lads can, we, we go out maybe for a meal and I'd say the lads can go out after and I'd ask what time would you think it'd be reasonable for to have them back and he'd tell me a time and I'd say right, fine, batter away and I knew that would be implemented as well as a possibly good <laughs> that one person could have an impact and an influence on that and that was, that was kind of important but obviously in the game, the reading of the game and I'd always, like sometimes now, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd walk with Richard Dunn or I'd walk Occasionally, we can. I don't know. I can't remember us doing anything for a good while together. But when it comes to talking about centre backs and positioning, oh, I don't always feel. I know what I want. I knew I have a clear head about what I like about the centre halves and the game is changing and how the game is now. But even at that time, I had a clear picture. 
But I never tried to, and I'm sure you'd agree with this. I never tried to tell them how to play centre half, yeah. and I could knew I need I could trust people and say and have a few words. I don't know what his memory of it is, but I'm I'm sure I, I used to have a few words now and again about the opposition and say how do you think we go and how far up and when we have it from the back, this is how we play it, and that was that was it. I left it to the captain yes. to, and you know he was designated driver on the nights out as well. He was getting them home. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it was hard. He wasn't. I don't think he had a license for the bus, though. So he might have been. Might, I don't think he had the bus. Sometimes yeah. they went. They went I out. The they went of, out in the bus, <laughs> but they didn't come back in the bus. I know. At the end of the night, so, uh, to, uh, towards the end, of it, a few of the lads would be leaning towards and be doing a man-to-man job <laughs> with me around the pub. And I was using, "What's going on here?" But of course, you were thinking, "Right, we're going to. I'm going to be the first in the back of the car, in the back of his car, on the way back to the hotel." Yeah. So to be guaranteeing their seats. The other fellas trying to get you to go back to the hotel, so they didn't have to go back as early, which I'd say as well. But yeah, yeah. but that was never. I must admit that was the all of the lads there were very much on the uh, uh, kind of similar uh, level. Not no, not talking in terms of football ability there, but just in terms of nice, healthy respect for each other and comfortable enough in our own company that who was wearing the armband was never an issue. Ego never came into it. Mm. I was at football clubs and that armband got tossed around. Oof, there'd be absolute killings and people would be you know in the background would be kind of. You know, knife in the back job, like, you know what I mean? I want that armband. But that, that was never an issue around the squad. When somebody got the armband, everybody else was, was as proud as Punch mm. and kind of supporting them as best they could, like, you know. So that's what I'm saying. That's why I say I wouldn't want to demean the, uh, uh, the role of the captain, but I never felt... Um, it was it was a real it was a real issue at that environment, that elite environment, with the quality of players that you have around you, for, for me, was, you know, it, was, it was, certainly was never a talking point amongst the... Amongst the players themselves. No problem. Well, look, we don't have to labour the point. I was just bringing it up so Brian could say something nice about you. Did you know, <laughs> bring it up? I'm, I'm happy you did, Joe. Yeah. Because he, he was Keep a great. He was a great. He was a great captain. He was. He was a smashing captain of the team. And uh, and I think I think we did all right together. You know, I, I don't know whether was, I certainly respected his his authority uh, among the lads and his, his his view on the game, which I still kind of see the same way. I think he has a great view on the game in general and it's it's intricacies well I want to ask you about the week that's been because it's been interesting but a few texts in on 53106 people asking a question or two uh, two good ones I see here right uh, as manager so that's more for you opposition player that impressed you the most in a game uh, well look we, you know when I was manager I made the point of um, hustling the FAI to get better games and they've given a long answer to this because I'm going to come in my first game was away to Scotland that was alright but then they had friendlies lined up against I think Canada and Norway and a few more like that and I went why are we playing these things and I knew why because they didn't hustle for the games they waited till the invitations come into the FAI and they say okay we'll take that game because that's the game we're offering for that right. day whereas Muggins here decided I want us to play better teams and you know test ourselves better and the crowds will and be into it. So we, we, we did play good games and we played the, a lot of good friendly games and the likes of Portugal with Ronaldo playing um, the, 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 the Portuguese Ronaldo obviously but we played Brazil yeah. that, and, and uh, we, we, we went to the Netherlands and won yeah. one, 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 Saturday, yeah. one Saturday before they went to the Euros but uh, we, we played Croatia who had been toured the World Cup and 
uh, we so we we played Brazil, which was a which was a magnificent game, and the the quality they had, and they had you know Ronaldinho, the original Ronaldo and Kaká and Berto Carlos and Cafu, they were uh, superb. But I think most of all, were we I got a match. Well, I didn't get the match, but I I, I bumped I bumped into Lippi literally in the lift at a conference, a UEFA conference somewhere. And you know he, he didn't have much English at all. He very but he got the message. I said, "Look, will you come and play us in Dublin? You world champions coming." <laughs> and he went, and I said, yeah. "I said we we we'll ask you. We'll, I'll get them to write the official letter." And, yes. and hence we got Italy. Ah. And uh, before the World Cup, right? And uh, what I remember was Perlo because I I I. Uh, I took a bit of a chance. I, t- I was trying to change it slightly and, and, and start us playing four-three-three because we were a we were a four-two-four team, really. <laughs> um, you know, I said four-two-four because we, generally it was it was Damien on one wing and Andy Reid on the other wing and, and Clinton and and um, and Robbie when we had our best eleven ava- available. But we were a, a, a four-two. Four four two, and when we hadn't got it, one of the fronts had dropped off and helped us in the middle of the field. All that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, we we played Italy, and I in my head was kind of thinking it's getting harder to survive the two central midfield players and walk about getting the wide, the wide lads in and getting narrowed up midfield. Which with the underage teams, I'd always try to play uh, tighter four four three three with a, a tightish midfield. Sometimes I used to play. Um, um, a four with one of the one winger and three three toy right, and then the full back on that side would have to get a bit of help off the front player. Anyway, that that tackle. So so with the senior team, I had her in my head that we're going to go this way. We played four three three, and against against Italy, I just remember Perro picking her up out the back four, and no one out of the three was getting near them, and he just had the ball all the time, and we were getting. I think we we were two nothing down. And uh, the, I, it was it was the first time since I've been manager that someone was out playing us, and I'm going. Phew. I did do something here anyway. We got a we got a goal back, and I think I changed it and just went a bit narrow and and, and went back to how we played before, and maybe asked Clinton to drop off and yeah. pick up Perro and and stop him getting and not worry about the, their back players as much as the midfield. But he was sensational, and he just and as as it went on, I, I, funny enough, when I when I was in the Faroes, we played Italy twice as well, and I saw Perro up close again, and it was a different kettle of fish with the Faroes trying to get someone <laughs> to drop in on Perlo. <laughs> but but he was the most impressive yeah. player individual. Just that skill, the range of pass, and the ability to take it, no matter how tight anyone was to him. And so, I, but I, I, you know, there was lots of matches. Of I loved things about the opposition and respected it. But I loved that. I loved our own thing about being able to deal with that. And that's what I said. The Brazil match in particular. I remember showing the lads the system that Brazil. Uh, played, which was basically a, a kind of a goalkeeper, obviously, and then they played two centre backs, two just in front of them, two behind the front. Now we talk about a box of four in the midfield. They had a box of four and the two front fellas, and then they just had to, the the wit came from Roberto Carlos and Carl, that right up and there. And I, I showed the lads this, and and but showing the individuals as well was interesting and saying, well, you know, here's how we might deal with this. And it was only, it was a friendly game, but it was still it was a great game, wasn't it? Do you, do you remember? I remember. Well, I think we spoke we about did. that before. Yeah. 
uh, the Brazil game there lands down. Yeah, fantastic. Is it, I, I, I never had as many requests for tickets in any match in my whole life. Oh, yeah, I, was, I was at it. Uh, yeah, uh, it as I had for that game and yeah. the build up to that game and the game itself. And I, I remember their, their demeanour and all even going out before the match. They were like I imagined they might be. They were they were friendly and they were they were jolly and they were funny looking and they were but they were strong and they were you physically the they weren't quite in their fifth gear that No. <laughs> maybe not, but I'm in not fact, taking I think, that. I remember being close to the second gear <laughs> in uh, flat out. Maybe, maybe, maybe so, the but there wasn't anyway. It was a good it was, it was a good nil all draw. Great. And an evening game as well. It was great. It was a lovely down, day. People yeah. forget yeah. that young generation just know recollection of that whatsoever like yeah. the old stadium there it's amazing yeah, isn't it it was place was jammed and it was a lovely even and it was a great it was great it was a really good game it was the tactical thing that, 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 but, but there were so many other players were so so good but it was also um, but I go back to Perlo and him running the game and, and that range of passing and the little run little trot after the pass to be available for the next Long one hair. and so Long on the hair, uh, there's a question in from Tom. I'll throw this one to you, Kenny, then. Is there a player who you found much better in person than they appear on TV? And what he's saying here is it, this doesn't have to be someone you played against, but just actually watching a game and you're there in person going, jeez, this fella's a lot better than he looks on TV. Well, actually playing uh, against them on the when I came up against them on the pitch. Yeah, or if you prefer, then just watching from the sideline. I need to be prepped these uh, questions. I've got one for you, by the way. And then, <clears throat> i tell you who... I, um, just, just, just popped, it just popped into my head. I, generally, my recollection wouldn't be great. Uh, it's a liar. It's such a lie. <laughs> it's not. It's true. It's true. So every every piece so, goes along this pattern where you're like, I can't answer that, and then an hour later, you're still talking. No, but I, met, I played against. Uh, so I would have come against some good centre forwards, mainly at air level. We played. You spoke about that Bra- uh, Brazilian team. We had France in that group. Obviously, that yeah. group you're in, Henri, and, and one or two others as well. Yeah, yeah but I remember. Um, at Wimbledon um, oh no it wasn't within Birmingham going out to Stamford Bridge and playing uh, Chelsea uh, I would have been what in my 30s then I uh, can't remember if my legs were shot down okay. anyway it didn't matter but Crespo was playing up front for um, uh, Chelsea and I'd watched a lot of him play he played predominantly in Italy uh, uh, Serie A and I always liked him as decent good goal scorer and record but I'd always looked at him and thought well look he's not the quickest thing on two legs he never was like over the ground physically probably not the most imposing wasn't like technically at the very highest level in terms of dropping the shoulder and beating people and just blow you away in terms of his technical ability but a kind of good all round game so he was the type of fella I always thought of I'm really at me game like concentration the whole shebang hopefully I won't get too embarrassed by him as opposed to the others who'd run past you too much pace you know technical ability could twist you inside out so he was one going onto the pitch I thought just give me concentration I should be alright but it's probably I remember it was one of the worst afternoons I had <laughs> against him but, yeah, but the reason was um, is uh, just his, uh, his intelligence but the timing of his runs he was such a clever operator just never saw him play centre forward against me but I was always looking for him for the whole of the 90 minutes never stood in front of him never see him was always looking for him <laughs> and when I took my eyes off him then he'd move timing yeah. of his runs yeah. you, you're torn to look for him to be gone past you the amount of times that he did it and I remember thinking that well, Jordan the game at the end of the game wow that's that's phenomenal mm. you know from thinking stripping him down to the basics thinking I can handle that but it was what was going on between his ears intelligence time of his runs I couldn't 
he was killing me time and time again. I, I remember thinking, wow, phenomenal. So it just goes to show you, like, if you that if you have that between between your ears, no matter what area the pitch that you're in, mm. you're a step ahead of the game so already. He's watching the game and he's always also watching you. And when you're looking at the ball, that's when he's making his move. Yeah, exactly. He's watching me thinking, fecking it, hell, this fella ever earn it? Earn a living from it. <laughs> <laughs> he's captain of Ireland, that lad. He's thinking, if I don't get a man in the match, awards it out, never will against this fella. But yeah. So that was, yeah, so if you're asked for that one to do that, the stars you know about, they come onto the pitch and they don't disappoint, you know what's coming. But maybe you're right, maybe in that situation. No, that's a great one. It kind one. of surprised me a little bit, yeah. Anyone for you, Brian, that you thought, you know, I didn't realise he was that good? Um, Present company uh, <coughs> excluded. Um, in, in, in terms of, I can't think of anyone, players, I mean, uh, the international teams, um, I, I I suppose the the, the, mo- the the most difficult time we had uh, when I uh, when I was manager was was the matches with Switzerland because of what happened previously and you know Mick's last game they lost to, to Switzerland here and we ended up in the group we we got back we got um, we to play Georgia Albania were next four and we we won three and drew one and it got us back in and then we played Russia. And we drew one more with Russia, and um, and then we the last match was Switzerland away, and uh, you know I'd seen them, and obviously looked in the videos and so and so. They, I suppose the, the the thing that surprised me was um, there was a, a they the fellow there was the two one was the manager now yeah 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 can yeah can hack and Murat Murat hacking and one of them played centre forward off the front yeah he was, a, like was a handful was yeah. he? he was a handful and the brother yeah. was centre half and he didn't look the most mobile he looked like kind of you know a bit, bit heavy and bowly looking the fellow's manager now Murat but he was very very effective but 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 the one that 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 that, that was the the, the fulcrum of the team was a fellow Vogel. Do you remember him? Little fella in the middle, kind of blondy fella, yeah. played just in front of the back yeah. four. And it, it got it into him, you know, and he ran it. And I remember someone uh, uh, around the Liverpool saying, asking me about him, you know, and I said, he's a very, very good player. I said, a very under, underrated yes. player. Yeah. And they signed him then. Liverpool signed him. And he played. He didn't play a huge amount, but he, but but, him, but it was him and the, the Hagen fella because the the, the the fella played off the front. Well, he was he was he was he picked up awkward positions as well, didn't he? And yeah. he could move a bit. Back he could, in he Elgin, well, bad sorry, memories, Dave, sorry, lad. sorry, we're, sorry. We're going we're going but, to a dark we're, place. We're yeah. moving, we'll move on to current stuff now. Do you know a fella who? Listen, he looked great on TV as well, obviously. But Nicholas and Elke in person had more about him. I found being at a couple of games than I realised on TV. There was an Ireland-France game. I think it was the handball game. And every time he got the ball, even if it was midfield, even if it was 30, 40 yards from goal, there was that little buzz in the stadium. Didn't come through in TV the same way. Obviously, he, he probably wasn't seen the same way, though, in, in, in England because he was one of many great French players Maybe. who was playing there. When he was playing the national team, there was probably something about him that they Maybe felt they bit, could trust him a I bit. I just thought in person he moved over the ground in a way that even yeah. just looked better than it had been. He was with them. He was like, naturally, he was a runner almost. Yeah. He was like lightning when he got going. Yeah. Liverpool 4-1 in Napoli. They're seventh in the Premier League table, nine points after six games. They're already five points off uh, City. Klopp said, we have to reinvent ourselves. He said, the basic things are not there at the moment. So people are talking about some kind of fatigue physically or mentally with Liverpool. And there's the injury situation as well. Uh, Kenny, do you see Liverpool turning this around? And 
being there, thereabouts coming to the end of the season? Or is this looking a bit more serious than that? Yeah, well, I don't think it's any of those three things that you've mentioned. What did you, you said physical fatigue, mental fatigue, and what was it? Was the well, injuries are part yeah, of it. No, no. No, I don't see don't see any of them being the issues. You can get all those uh, injured players back uh, fit and available and nothing much is going to change uh, for me. I think individual performances is a bit of a drop-off there. You could argue, yeah, there's a small uh, uplift there. I'd be interested in uh, asking uh, Klopp maybe just get into a bit more data in terms of what he said that we have to reinvent ourselves I'd love to know what he uh, what he means by that in terms of the reinvention what exactly is they, is he talking about maybe their style of play I, I, I think it, going forward as opposed to the success yeah. they had up to this point I think it was a phrase he was under pressure after match he had done so many interviews and he was still doing another one and he was trying to he that. was trying to scram because he's normally so so confident, so strong, and it flows with him after the matches. But I think he was coming through a period now where he's gone, Jeepers, we, we do appear to be in a bit of trouble. I was able to make some mistake, uh, some some uh, allowances up until now, but now it's repetitive. We're getting caught. There's more goals, more chances. Uh, you know, so many players are, are off. Uh, Alexander Arnold, in particular, Fabino, who we would have relied on so much. Uh, the centre-back pair in Gomez was a disaster. Van Dijk making consistent mistakes now or getting caught. Uh, Salah, not, like a ball running all, all under his foot, out of play, over the end line, and he chance, ball up the line from uh, Trent, and he lets it bounce into touch where he looked like he was comfortable. I, I think you know, it was a frustration. The word he used, you're right, he did say reinvent, you, you called the Joey, reinvent ourselves. I, 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 I don't know whether he... But that's what he really meant. But he he's obviously means we've got to have a serious look. And because he expand on that by saying, uh, and it should be fun trying to do it in the middle of the Premier League or the, uh, during the Premier League season mm. uh, and Champions League. So what he's saying is, I haven't got pre-season to fix Jewish, this yeah. now. It's on the go. But yeah, yeah. Like but he, again, he, I don't know what he's. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what he's uh, talking. If he's talking about getting back to where they were previously. I don't think that's possible with this uh, group of players because I don't think individually they got the attributes to play the uh, the type of football that they have done over the previous few years. So they haven't Why got not the, physically. No, they haven't got the players there to uh, uh, predominantly in that central midfield area is kind of what we're talking about. So the success they had. Well, you're not. You're talking about the defensive side of it as well. Can they continue to play the high line the way they've played it and and got away with with it because Van Dijk was so so. Quick on the recovery, Gomez or Method were reliable full backs, were, were generally advanced, but they recovered. And Trent isn't, and the goalkeeper was out yeah. and got them out of trouble. And you know, he, he faced more one to ones than anyone else at yeah. that level, and they relied on him to do that. But the big reason they got away with it, Brian, wasn't because of Van Dyke's recovery speed or his starting position, Allison. It was about the type of pressure that they were getting higher up, up the pitch. Yeah, that I agree. Yeah, it wasn't coming from the front three. It was the midfield, midfield three. three. I wouldn't even say the midfield three. For me, it was the two number eights who played either side of Fabinho. You're talking about Fabinho, the amount of uh, 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 mistakes that he's making now getting caught out. He's getting caught out because he hasn't got that protection in uh, front of him. And now he's getting more exposed and that's central midfield there. He hasn't got the legs. Uh, the well, it doesn't look an impressive unit. It, it doesn't for, 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 uh, for, it doesn't. for that for that reason. When Liverpool are at their best, when Alden and Henderson physically at their absolutely peak... 
just uh, running over people, suffocating teams, just pressing hard. He was the one just sat behind in the pocket and he was just intercepting things, basically just sitting in behind, sliding across and, and kind of sweeping up behind him in that kind of number six role. Liverpool now, for me, don't have those players. Henderson now, a uh, serious drop-off in terms of his... Well, Milner's been, been playing, yeah. and he? And Harvey Elney, I think. No, no, yeah. that's... Elliot's the technical player, probably not. Still developing, a huge fan of him. Doesn't look as he's not going to have that type of impact in terms of physically impose themselves, press as those sort of players when Alden uh, Henderson were talking about. Tiago, lovely technical player, but for me, like my me, me opinion hasn't changed. Can't defend, can't trust. But he actually makes more. He made more tackles the other night now in the midfield in the period he was on in the game, Tiago. And I would, I, I, yeah, I've, no, seen, I've seen enough. He, I, I, I've seen, yeah, seen but he has it, but he influences the game. He, he influences, influences the game, the game in possession. This from Tom, that's that's all well and good. So if he's talking about reinvention in terms of look, I'm going to move away from this kind of high pressing, you know, high energy uh, type of football. Into but that's, more what, that's what I don't think he meant reinvention, the but whole thing. Not, but if he's going to go back to it, uh, uh, to the way he were previously, I'd argue, well, you better go and get at least another two top class midfielders because until you do, you're not going to be able to play the game with the amount of success that you have done previously. And because of that, now we're seeing the things that Brian's talking about, back four, get more exposed and more of occasions because that protection isn't there. And now the question I'd ask is, is... Klopp looking at Liverpool at the moment saying well look it's going to be another summer before I can get those type of players in so how, how am I going to modify things in the meantime in terms of that the high line say that we're talking about but for me when they had that bad run what was it two years ago now they lost Van Dijk yeah. all their centre half and there was no one at the matches Fabinho was playing there Nat Phillips laid no pace at all in that uh, central defensive position and at that stage they were crying out for a change in terms of we've got to take our game 10-15 yards further down the pitch protect those uh, two centre halves a little bit you know, give up possession a bit and drop off if ever they wanted to do it they're going to do it and he never did it then he insisted on that high line hold, hold, hold even though they were getting exposed almost like this is it. this is me this is my mythology you're going to live and die by this way of playing a way of defending so I don't think that's going to He'd change. Be reluctant to change. It yeah, so now. unless he resolves yeah. that situation, yeah. those central midfield areas for me. He, but they uh, do look like they've not got, they've no energy at the moment. Yeah, that they're not they running do. as well. I mean, I would have said the other night the only one who showed the the, the kind of energy that he's had since he came to Liverpool, which is a short while ago, was Diaz. I thought he played played well in the second half, particularly. But he was chasing and hurrying and getting around. But the rest of them all seemed to be. Gone back from so that. Do you think there's a fatigue there, or uh, lack of intensity, or something off? In that I don't respect? know. I, I wouldn't want to pontificate on. I'm sure the sports science fellas. Are you, you, you talked a lot about the sports science earlier on the the paper review. I, I heard that bit, which was interesting. But I'm sure they're checking the numbers and they know what's going on. But it does look like to me. I mean, the the, the thing with with Trent Alexander not running back quick enough yeah. when it goes behind him when he's beaten that extraordinary. You know, that can't be just tiredness. That's not that's not tiredness. That's mental attitude. It's a, it's a, it's not switching on. I don't get that at all. But Fabinho struggled physically when he was caught up the pitch. We did a match the night on TV yeah. and I, I showed that one of the goals where he went up and went in after fella when he went behind him. He, he was coming back. He was he was fifteen yards too late. 
arriving when 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 the yeah, but he, when, could, he could never he's never been his recovery no no I, not, I accept that I accept and, that and, and this it takes you back to what I'm saying when he had those players in front of him absolutely absolutely dominating those areas of the pitch in front of him, he didn't have to leave that area of the pitch but yeah, he was just yeah. sat there just sliding across five ten yards to the side of him and just like intercepting stuff now he's getting drawn out into areas he doesn't really want to go even higher up the pitch I accept that and when, on the point uh, Brian mentioned Alexander Arnold where the ball's knocked around him player goes around him and he's walking walking that's back just, that's, that's more or less the same that, but, but what, that's what always that been for you? sorry what is that for you well, it, is a, it is a mental thing yeah. it is a mental thing but that's down to him he, he's got to resolve that and it's one of well, the easiest the manager things. a bit as well you know with the manager well, sure he can't yeah. tell me the manager and the coach of the past yeah. wherever yeah. four or five years they haven't been there haven't been sitting down with Trent Alexander-Arnold saying listen you're the best right back in the world but we just need to tidy up a few things here defensively positional sense that defending in, the back that, post that, area it's the easy that was, stuff that was attitude that's that a very it's a very basic but it's the easy it's stuff. a very basic instinct of your full back I mean I look at full backs when I looked up at full backs I still look at full backs I always say straight away like one of the things I'd be looking at and I would like to think I was a reasonable judge of players I was I'd say how does he recover and how is he oh yeah I want to see him up I want to see him join now and cross and let him whip him into the box and all that but how does he does he does he sense danger when it goes behind him and 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 that's the that's one of the first ones I would want and now the game is torn towards it's more important that how how quickly sure. they get forward and how they use the ball and so on but I still like and I, I was just baffled by it, that one the other night it's always been a weakness in his game yeah uh, but, it, it, but, it, but it not was, just his recovery just in terms of how he defends his back post early the, the first yeah. game of the season Fulham that back post cross went in Mitrovic just kind of swatted him out of the way and headed it no yeah, pride I, in I, terms I, of I yeah but he that. was playing against their best player the other, or, the, or the current golden boy the Kevin Svichelia uh, the Georgian lad and, and and yet he didn't seem to have that I've got a bit of responsibility here tonight as well to stop this lad doing so well and that uh, you know they, they could be, can't rely on Gomez to be getting out and, and, and that didn't seem to, to click with him when your man picked up the ball and went to play one two he just stood watching it as did Gomez it was just I, I, I was just startled but it's a combination of things no, of I, course I do think is. the injury yeah. I think and, and at the moment the, the spotlight is on them I think it was pointed out in one of the papers today that the you know that Manchester United were in big trouble and Chelsea were in big trouble a couple of weeks ago it was all the spotlight was on them and, and now it's it's moved on because the media needs somewhere to go and yeah. it's moved on on to Liverpool and they've got to deal with that now but the manager is not in danger and he's been such a such a great manager for Liverpool. He's a great manager for Dortmund, the minds too. But that, you know, I think Liverpool. Depends what you mean, though. People are saying, are they, are they in big trouble? Depends what you mean by big trouble. Yeah, are they in big trouble in terms that are going to head down towards six. kind of mid table mediocrity? No. But are they in big trouble in terms of actually putting up a challenge to Man City this season? Six points Absolutely. off. Are six well, that, points that's off. what I mean by big trouble. Will they be beyond seven, eight points of City? That's I big think trouble. so. I think there's a yeah. danger they could be 15, 12, 15 points. Well, that's Manchester big trouble. City that's a massive that, That's the problem for them. That, that, that so Manchester Manchester City have just had two draws so far. Yeah. And, you know, the four wins and two draws. Whereas Liverpool, what are they, two... two Two, what are two, 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 three, one, isn't it? Liverpool have yeah, had, yeah, six, two, two, they've nine points. Nine for yeah. six. Yeah, so. I yeah. don't even think it's the points that are behind. I just feel as if you, Liverpool get all their players fit, Man City keep all their players fit. I think there's a, there's a real, di- there's a significant distance now mm. between them that hasn't been there over the past couple of years because of the individual qualities of players Liverpool have had in those key areas of the pitch. Yeah. And they haven't, for me at the moment, they haven't got it. And that's, for me, the gaps. Got a little bit bigger because okay. of it. 
quick ad break to take. We're back with more from Brian and Kenny in just one sec. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Off The Ball It's actually quite an ugly game um, From spectator's point of view But I think that the whole of Ireland doesn't really care <laughs> Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream Wherever you get your podcasts And download the OTB Sports app Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports Now you're very welcome back Our uh, football coverage on Off The Ball is brought to you by Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports We were meant to be bringing your Premier League commentary As you know this Sunday But then uh, events dear boy And uh, we knew that Kenny Cunningham and Brian Kerr Who were booked for the commentary were free So we said come into studio Sing for your supper for an hour And here we are. I've got to say, I think it's a massive OG what the FA have done ca- calling the uh, uh, fixtures off. Yeah. I think they got it all wrong on a load of different levels. You know, if if they were, uh, I don't know what the initial thinking was, oh, we've got to be careful here, that, you know, in terms of got a very sensitive situation. But I think very quickly, I think there's been a huge outcry from certainly people within the UK. I know a few people over there and football people, Brian, in terms of what an opportunity you missed for people to go to, to their show. football clubs Sh- together yeah. collectively. And to and show their respect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the only way they, it's the only way they can, they can be seen to be shown their respect. I, I checked. Miguel Delaney was doing the reporting and talking to different people involved. And so the Premier League meeting on the Friday was only 20 minutes long. Yeah. And in effect, the point was the Queen, along with William, is an FA patron and that's going to be our guiding light in the decision. Yeah, and, and that was as short as the meeting was. So in effect, wrong. that was their logic. It was so wrong. I don't uh, think there's any logic to, to be honest, which I think they've really missed missed a real... But there may have been... I think the, 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 their the whole, logic may have been that they were afraid that there would be some misbehaviour at, at some grounds around the country in a, a lack of respect and that they didn't want to see that happening. That may have been... The logic, but but I agree with you that I think they got it wrong. Yeah. That all levels of football were, were stopped completely. It, 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 it's it's almost bizarre. And like I, I did see somebody sent me a copy of a funny tweet where somebody said they had ninety six years to ask Queen Elizabeth, did she want the matches called off the yeah. weekend after she died? And I mean, I don't think anyone that's involved in sport would ever want matches. It's always something I thought here about about uh, about games and, and often particularly about GAA games about people calling off matches at the weekend after somebody dies. I always think that's the last thing that they would want to happen if they were around because people love going to sport, they love the opportunity to go and they love they loved going I mean the most joyous things that we often do are go to sport with some of our families and whatever. And why, why would you stop the games and not allow people have that? Um, so I, do, I, 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 I don't. Do, I, I think it, it was a, a, a ridiculous. It was the wrong decision. Mm. But then I don't understand English or British society well enough sure. to over pontificate on it. It's very same as over here. I don't. I know not marking all that, but generally speaking, people I think we're on the same same level so I think the reaction would have been the same over here in terms of people wanting to kind of come together with your mate's family and having the occasion maybe to present yourself in the right way and pay your respects whatever way it is yeah. and you've become so sensitive that one minute silence now I mean nowadays it seems to be a like the, this constant like hand clap thing it's gone for to me, it's totally, out, gone, for me yeah. it's totally out of keeping some of the hand clapping 
that's going on for me is, is all wrong doesn't strike the right now whatsoever that, that's happened recently in relation to a couple of like uh, tragic deaths over in England has been like clapping at the games for me like that's uh, I, I, I don't I, th- I think that's I think and, that's the wrong. And, and, and on tours the night at Shamrock Rovers game, that that silence was observed. I would say beautifully by both sets of fans on the night in relation to the the, the, the horrible incident in Tallow with the three children, and uh, the 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 Gardens supporters who had been more than boisterous, I believe, all day in town and in the stadium when they were there. When they were told what it was about, they must have been told in advance. That I think there may have been an announcement the Swedish, but they they behaved impeccably also, and it was great. It was right, and I actually noticed there was one or two little attempts at applause, and nobody joined in, and it was right. You're right on that. You're mm. dead right on that. Mm. But um, yeah, it, it, well, they'll have to see what happens next weekend because there's now a sense that. Not from a respect point of view, but just logis- logistics. Yeah. All the police. I think that's a little funeral. bit different. But this this weekend. I think oh yeah, but it, that exacerbates yeah. the decision to miss one round and now potentially a second round, and you got a World Cup and you don't have the space. So I don't know how they'll uh, figure it out. Somebody text in Kenny, and they mean they say, "I mean this seriously," because you're going to say, oh, "Make a joke about it." How would you try and mark early in Holland? Yeah, but I couldn't. Well, I wouldn't. You know. I suppose I understand not on your the question. Own. Not on your exactly, own. Exactly, like yeah, these these type of players. For me personally, like different. Should get Virgil Van Dijk in here and ask him that question because he's got the physical attributes. Maybe to go up against him one v one. Like he said, he didn't want to come in. So we're all <laughs> not even you, Joe. Not even uh, you. It's no, a bit no, of video to look at with the manager. I know you got the numbers all the top, you know, whatever. But no, it was always a collective thing. Always for me against any centre forward. How I keep this fella quiet. It was always about me, the fella alongside me, me centre half, me full back to, uh, to me right hand side, and that bit of screen in front. It was always a, it was always a collective effort. But no different, to be honest with you. People scratch their heads. Oh, Harlan, how did this fella's unstoppable? Well, he's not unstoppable, to be honest. It's the same things. Any top class centre forward, just being bright, being alert, knowing where he wants to go, starting a position, good information having people around you. He's got the advantage, of course, Haaland, of having some exceptional players in front of him, the likes of De Bruyne and Gundogan. You have to factor all that thing in as well. But you just got to do the... you got to do the maths mm. as a defender, as you would with any centre-forward. How quick is he? You know, how quick is he over the ground over 15 yards? How much of a starting position do I have to give myself? Does he want to play off to his shoulder? Does he come in, sh- in short? Does he like to drift to his left, his right? What does he... Where is his preference? All those type of can I compete with him in the air? No, we better get on his toes, better get into his ribs, stop him jumping early. All the basic stuff that you'd have to compute into up if you're up against any center forward. And he's obviously at the very top level, but it's the same process sure. as a defender, you know what I mean? High line, you drop off into the space, don't give him the space, run into let him have it to his feet, let your center midfielder come and deal with him. I'll drop into the space, so I won't actually go and compete with him, to be honest. So, all of that stuff, yeah. But that's the challenge, I suppose, for the defenders up against him. It's a great challenge to have. Mm. Glad I don't have it. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. Uh, how will Graham Potter do at Chelsea, do you think? Well, we don't know, but uh, every manager that's been at Chelsea since the Abramovich time, where they put uh, 14, is it? 14 since 03. 14. Yeah has uh, been there and thereabouts of winning trophies. Uh, the, most of them have won, won trophies. Um, one or two maybe, I think, you know, the second places in uh, Avon Grant. Um, my f- former nemesis with uh, Israel. But 
other than that, so you're always going to be in the running with the quality of the players that they have. So that's the starting position. He's done a great job at Brighton. His career has been outlined in more detail in recent times um, because of how well Brighton have been doing. Really interesting background, not a great playing career. Um, went on to, to work in the university system in, in, in England, in the Hall and it was very successful from with, with college teams that hadn't been successful prior to that and then went off on that journey in, in Sweden and did really well and then came to Swansea and took over from Chris Hewton at, at Brighton and the first two seasons at Brighton he didn't do much better than Chris Hewton had done they're still down in those lower positions escaping rele relegation but last year was a brilliant season for them he finished ninth and played very good football last played very good football wants to be on the front foot I saw them last year uh, at Spurs a live game um, and they were very very impressive in how they played um, controls Tottenham at the time so well Spurs never had a shot in the match never had a shot in the match it was almost unbelievable mm. maybe 10 minutes to go Kane got a half and half an opportunity getting a shot but they controlled possession tactically astute uh, and very very impressive and since then you know, the bit of business they did with Chelsea in terms of selling Cucurella forever the money was a 60 million yeah. and a bassoon goes to Spurs like to me it showed the weakness of Chelsea at the time that they went that far to, to sign a player who's had one season in the Premier League. An impressive season, it has to be said, but it was one season. Um, I didn't think he was that good. I thought he was good. But, um, so they got £60 million, a great piece of business for them when they already had two or three very good left-backs, left left-wing-backs. And Basuma goes to Spurs, and they've started the season like it's been no bother to them. Casida, I think the lads come into come in the middle of the pitch, and he's done great. They've juggled around the rest of it, and uh, he's you mentioned there, Brian, but you saw the, the Spurs game. I'd reference the Liverpool game as well as well the Chelsea game that I saw last year. I'd be the same as you. First couple of years, he came in, you know, t you know. T talking the right saying all the right type of things in modern game modern approach open expansive we've heard that a lot so you're thinking right talk is cheap didn't see it a lot in terms of initially but last year for me it'll probably similar to Brian I looked at him last year and thought oh something special happening here because mm -hmm. they went to Chelsea and Liverpool and did the same actually took the ball off those teams for long periods and actually dictated things and I, I was actually looking at thinking hold on this is a fella who's just not you know, head in the clouds, let's play the beautiful game. This lad was actually coaching his team as well, giving good information. Brilliant, he coached yeah, what, I, what yeah. I saw. Yeah. Re real yeah. kind of balance uh, to the team, real cohesion in terms of what they're looking to do. And players... Attacking and, players, defending yeah. very well and playing sometimes. And players getting positions. better, Brian. Yeah. I'm looking at individual players, looking at them thinking, oh, he's, he's getting he better every year. He's actually improving players. Yeah. So how's he doing that on the training pitch? Or is he getting into their heads as well? And he seems to be a little bit of one of them as well. Because he sure. hasn't got the CV. And actually, I'd like, um, I'd love to see him do well for one reason alone so we don't have to listen to this well how can how can Chelsea go for this fella he hasn't proven himself you know he's no experience at the top level but it's as weak as argument as, I, as I've, I've ever heard I mean if, the, if you took that logic to its you know to its end result you'd never you'd never give a young manager an opportunity and when they, and they haven't some, they haven't they haven't been given too many I mean uh, there's been uh, no English manager who's won the trophy in England since uh, Harry Redknapp in, in 2008 with Portsmouth in the Cup I think that's one I saw I went what 
but 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 it is the case, you know. Mm. So I'm so glad they've taken that. So they've taken a slight risk with him, but I. I've, but how I've how would he do? The question: How would he do? I think they they compete for trophies. The big one is, and you were discussing it earlier yeah. on the papers. One: Will they give him time? Will they let him out? They said they're giving him a five-year contract. Said he's not under pressure to make the Champions League this year. They want him to to change an ethos of the club. Now yes. the only thing that's doing about yeah. that, I've seen that stuff before <laughs> at Chelsea. Yeah. I, I saw it going back to 2007-8 period. I was over there doing part of my pro license. I was at Chelsea for for a few days. And at that stage, we're bringing in kids from all over the place. They're bulking up the academy. I've seen that today in the papers, reports on how they've signed some very special underage players. I saw all that before with them, and they use it then. They loan them out, and they don't play them in the team. Now there might be a change of attitude, and uh, Todd Bowley wants them to start using their own, and bring them in. he wouldn't let Hudson Adoy go, and all that. That's all right. we got to win matches. And if the young fellas aren't winning the matches, Chelsea won't play the young fellas if they're not good enough to win the matches. On the, in the short term, it won't be about the long term. They want to be so. I I I put some of that aside. But the ethos of it, I just think on Tuchel. Can I say? Yeah. Not, it's not. It is directly related. Yeah, yeah. I think Tuchel was was hard done by. I'd say he's a spiky character. Looking at him, he's fallen out with a few people. Fell out with fellas at PSG and Dortmund after a while. I'd say it'd be easy enough in PSG to fall out with people. I'd say to do that, you do your head in there. All the egos around outside of the, the the manager. But he did seem spiky. But I think a lot of the stuff he did was kind of dismissed over the last couple of weeks. Uh, what he did with the Abramovich last year when they were in trouble and they, 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 they couldn't travel on planes and the money was being reduced and um, the players were not being re- re-signed. And how he handled all that, I thought he did a really good job and his 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 his, his personality came through very much. His identity and empathy with what was really important in life came out. Now Chelsea... I think have been busy spinning stories about him, which is what happens. I know about it, my own, my own scene and when around the Irish scene, they they were been busy putting out this kind of stuff that, you know, he was losing the dressing room a bit. He was he was fighting with players. He wasn't talking to players. He wasn't communicating. He didn't get on with Todd Bowley. He, he he was going into himself. His personal life was a problem. Yeah. And they're spinning this stuff. To justify what they did, for a manager who won the Champions League for them, that uh, uh, at in a relatively short space of time, when they didn't know really where they were with Frank Lampard, and last year it was it, it was fine line stuff. They lost two finals on penalty on penalty kicks, um, and you know how how brilliant they were against Spurs. Another match finished up two two in. Where, was it match weekend two in the league? Was it to, uh, weekend two or weekend three? Now we, I did the match when they were beaten three nothing by by Leeds and they were brutal. The goalkeeper causing fierce problems and they couldn't match the energy of Leeds and the chase and Harrison and straightforward stuff with you know Aronson running around and didn't deal with that well. But then I was at the match the next week when they beat Leicester. They were down to ten men. Gallagher got popped off in the first half mm. and they handled that really well. A Sterling played. I thought they played really well the team of 10 men there was no shortage of and he was sitting in the stand Tuchel there was no shortage of of desire or organisation or or passion in the team and the crowd were right with it they were very play, critical of the dressing room though Brian the last that's what surprised after, me after, he, after each result he had been yeah, yeah. the last couple uh, of weeks no, he, he definitely looks spiky week. I mean, that's, I mean that's 
you'd be very dangerous. That's almost yeah. like your last shot, isn't it? Yeah. Your last throw of the dice once you start digging the dressing room out and hanging them out a little bit, maybe with some justification in terms of individual performance, but to publicly come out and start pointing the finger at the dressing room, you know, lack of motivation, application, lack of quality, for me, that's almost like, oof, dear, you got to be very careful there. So, Before we wrap up, I knew clock is completely against us. I knew this had happened you both watched Shamrock Rovers on uh, Thursday. Brian, I know you were doing the game for Virgin at Tallis Stadium. Nil all draw against Jure Gardens. Uh, both teams had their chances. Uh, Bradley afterwards said he was frustrated, felt Rovers could have won the game. So the other game in that group, Ghent and Mulder, was a nil all draw. Uh, Rovers have Finn Arps today and then they have Ghent on uh, Thursday. So your read on the early exchanges here from Rovers' point of view, are they well able to compete at this level that would suggest they should be yeah I well in advance of the the group I, I thought Joe Gardens of the, the advance of the first match I thought Joe Gardens would be best chance to get a result I just think Ghent coming for the Belgian league would be a better standard league than the Swedish league yeah. more quality players emerge from it and, the, and, and you know when I've seen matches in Belgium I obviously it's a better quality uh, Molde have a lot of experience in European stuff and I, I just kind of think they might be a little bit ahead but it's hard to know Bodo Glint have been very impressive um, in, the, in the last couple of seasons in Europe and uh, Molde are a similar level with, with, with Bodo Glint so I thought that was great but I thought on the night they played well myself and Kenny have discussed Rovers he's covered a lot of the matches in Europe already this season I thought they played with the right amount of conservatism in the first half didn't make any chances it was an interesting selection I did I I think Stephen Bradley was thinking about the Finn Harps game today in the selection, not playing um, Rory Gaffney, centre forward player there and Green in the match. And, you know, no, Jack Bourne didn't come on the second half. Um, who Graham Bourke wasn't, wasn't involved in the game, wasn't his best 11. He said he, he can't just consider this game, each game on its own. Yeah. He's got to use the squad and he used confidence in all the squad. I think with the best team, they may have won the match tonight. They made a few clear-cut chances in the first half, but overall I felt it was a, a very fair result. Right. They started well, Joe Gardens, and they finished well, and it'll be a tougher task over there for Shamrock Rovers, but they will compete. The next two games are away. Yeah. It'll be hard to get something from them, but if they get something from either of those games, it'll set up, set themselves up for the second set of three games. You know? This 17-year-old, Justin Ferrazaz, the best pronunciation fair as I excuse me Rory Gaffney said he won't be in Ireland for long how good is he Kenny yeah oh my heart sinks a little bit to be honest when I when you hear that line like that yeah it's like the ultimate thing he won't yeah. be here for long yeah yeah it's that young talent again isn't we all get excited kind of burst on the scene and we think oh Irish talent fantastic like and before we know it's like a bar of slippery soap isn't it slips through our fingers and it's on a, it's on its way I, w- I would like us just to keep hold of these players for a little bit longer as best we can I, well, I that, that's that's a, it's a problem with the league now Kenny you know that young players are not going away as early as they used to obviously they can't go to England until they're 18 mm. the Brexit issue has been good for the League of Ireland it's meant more of that quality you say there was a group of 20 of the best 16 year olds were going away now they're playing the League of Ireland and they're breaking through into the teams but what we see is, is so many of them not getting too long in the teams before they're gone and, and, and the agents I'm not, sure the, I'm not necessarily sure it's the best decision for them I've got to no, be honest, no. honest with you particularly when you look at the environment now say Ferrugia in particular or excuse me the, Rover, the situation Rovers playing regular 
uh, European football the amount of exposure these young players are getting the experience that they get in European football mm-hmm. now in terms of their development Brian as well as the environment they're in say at Shamrock Rovers it is in particular that you're talking about so for me like if I'm a parent or an agent around these players as much as they, the talent that they have I understand they've got ambitions and they want to go and prove themselves and that might be over in England or whatever it is but for me, like, don't be in such a rush to get in there. When you're in a good situation at the moment and you're improving, you're developing, you're in a good place, you're grown as a person. Anyway, these are only kids, like. Yeah. We haven't even talked about the, the emotional is that development. The agents are very busy now. comes back on money, Joe, and all that. And agents, yeah, but agents have to look at the bigger picture. But they the don't, longer, but the look, longer that, game that, as well. They're looking after their players, after course. their best interests. Yeah, that, that's they should a, be that's talking okay. about We can things. talk about that because we're not they agents. They should be, Brian. Yeah, but they're not. They're, they're busy trying to get the players away and make money in the short term. The club gets money. The Clubs don't necessarily want them going either. I mean, I've seen whether whether Bowers wanted doing the void to go uh, this year. I, I would doubt it because it's so important in the season. Young Dara Bournes went and pats before they play the European games to go. But the players are afraid that the chance won't come either if if they don't take it then. And obviously there's a wage issue and so on. But I, I do agree with Kenny that if they, you know, if they get to at least if they could get to 20, 21, and they have a couple of and they have the physicality then to survive in England as well as a bit of experience. Yeah. Uh, and they obviously have the quality, they have ability. Now they're going to a lot of them are not going in the top two divisions anymore. They're now going into the, the tour division. Obviously a little bit of the Italian stuff and the. Um, I'd gone to Como in, in Italy, and but this uh, European avenue that's been opened up now, Brian. You, obviously, these lads could progress and go over and go, end up at top Premiership. So, I'm playing European football. The reality is, the majority of players who go over, they won't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So the actual, I, mean, I never played. I never played European uh, one game of European football in my whole career. I wouldn't say I have any regrets. I don't necessarily look back. But I do look at these lads now getting 10, 20, 30, 40 appearances on the European stage, Europa, Europa Conference, wherever it is. And I think, well, that's amazing. There's some mm. fantastic yeah. memories there and experience there. I would have been in a rush. I would have been rushed to pack a suitcase and head away from that. I would be bracing that a little bit more and, cr- and trying to take... Yeah, that's the, a part of the challenges. Can we keep... They're getting into the teams now. Can we keep them in the league yes. for longer here? The more mature and the fears would be bigger. And fair as I, very good. Very good. I'm impressed with the other night. Really, we come on against Pats earlier in the season in a tough enough match. Played very well. He was great in the Ferenc Forest match, the last game, start of that game. What kind Played of player really is he? Well. Very uh, neat, tidy, uh, confident midfield player. Wants to get forward. It's lovely balance. Um, but two-footed, yeah. gets forward. Looks like he, he's a good shot on him from midfield. Breaking from midfield. I think the, the match the other night, there was a lot of work to be done. He was having to work hard on the defensive side, dealing with the, a bit of quality around Midland. Anderson, number seven, and he was very clever at finding space. But he's an he's excellent attacking player, midfield player. But, but, but a very good size already for a 17-year-old. Yeah. Uh, we'll finish on a lovely text in from Carlin Cork. Kenny has a lovely self-deprecating manner. He was a much better footballer than he gives himself credit for. Intelligent centre-back, lovely technical ability, calm on the ball, oh. an ability to distribute really well. He let himself it's down about half <laughs> He's exposed Before himself said, there. Technical ability, I, I might have bought into it to, to an extent. 
<laughs> Nobody's kidding ourselves here uh, in terms of either high level of technical ability. Well, Carlin Cork was impressed with your level of technical ability, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and he's right. And he's right. Heading, yeah. may, maybe heading. Is that a technique? Heading a football? Of course it is. it is. Is it? A dying art. To a small degree, that. To a small degree. Brian Kerr, Ken Cunningham, thank you both so much for coming in. Appreciate it. Thank you, Joe. You wasted 20 minutes of that show to start. Wasted it. <laughs> Going all nostalgic on us. <laughs> football on Off The Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.